0: to the second hour of love babs love talk i'm babs i i'm delighted because i got my friends on this morning hey lauren anderson and Isaiah james y'all know lauren anderson runs that little beautiful bookstore over there on uh, edgewood and hotchkiss called uh, possible futures and Isaiah is uh by any means necessary traveling bookstore so they have combined efforts and we're going to learn something about the Black Panthers this month. <laughs> they, we're going to learn something about Black Panthers starting today day into uh, Black History Month. So tonight there is a uh, there is a virtual a, a, a gathering, a teaching a revolution in our time, teaching and learning about the Black Panther Party. So so Lauren and Isaiah, jump in and talk to me about what is happening? What what is what is going on? You want to break it down Lauren? What What
1: was that night? I said you want to break it down. I got mine too. I'll, it. I'll start us off, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna hand off to you. Um, yeah, Babs, you're holding up a beautiful book. It's it uh, is
0: it really is beautiful,
1: right? It is. It's like it's spectacular. It's like a work of art and history, oh. and, and like a labor of love. So. Tonight is both like a kind of, in its way, like a standalone event with an author, Kekla Magoon, who wrote that amazing book you were just holding up, uh, Revolution in Our Time, uh, The Black Panther Party's Promise to the People. And if if you can see it, you could see that it has like a whole bunch of medals on it. like It was just honored by just about every medal it would be eligible for, including that it was like a national book award. Finalist, um, So she's going to be joining us to talk about the book tonight on Zoom from six to seven. It's a free event. It's sort of pitched towards um, educators broadly defined because we are the co-sponsors of this particular event are the bookstore, the Anti-Racist Teaching and Learning Collective, which is a group of teachers across the state of Connecticut who are working to bring ethnic studies teaching into high schools and specifically to work on the implementation of the Black and Latinx studies course that every high school in the state is mandated to offer in the coming years. So it's that group of teachers and then it's also just educators who work with young folks and it's meant tonight to kind of uh, put the Panthers in context, and also kick us off for this sort of longer um, project that is a collaboration between Possible Futures, BAM Books, Elm City Lit Fest, um, Hartford's Lit, and some allies and friends to, um, to do something we're calling the Fred Hampton Project. Yes, right? So Fred Hampton's, what would have been his 75th birthday is this year. Uh, August 30th, and so we're using this event tonight to kind of provide context for a series of events where folks can learn more about Fred Hampton's life and legacy, because I think we all feel like um, teaching about the Panthers is a crucial thing that isn't happening enough in our schools, like so much much, um, isn't isn't happening that should, and also that so many people um, really don't learn anything about Fred Hampton and all that he accomplished in his cut very short short
0: life yes yeah of 21 of just
1: just 21 years people know that he was assassinated but oftentimes that's kind of all they know and he was just a tremendous human whose uh legacy like lives on in so many ways and also it can can be something that young folks especially can draw on for inspiration just given who he was and what he accomplished um being such a young person himself. Um and so that's kind of that's kind of the overview, but like we're we're very excited, I think, about all the parts of it. And then just it would be great if anyone watching wants to join tonight. Um they're welcome. We're gonna do a book club around the book in February. And you know, we can say more about about all of that. Did I did I kind of capture
0: it? it? I think it you did a up. good job.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I think essentially everything
0: I, I think I think it's a good job. I think there's a lot of backstory um, to a lot of this. Um, I'm excited about uh, uh, Kikla coming uh, because this kicks off this conversation, and I and I love this renewed interest right now that the Black Panther Party is enjoying. So it's necessary. I love that um, Fred Hampton is finally getting um, some some light and some shine. Out here in these Black Panther streets, because you know we know so much about the other ones. We know so much about Bobby Seale. We know something about Eldridge Cleaver. We know something. I mean, we know something about all the other people. But Fred Hampton sort of uh, 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 wasn't that well known as the Panther. And he was charismatic. He was dynamic. I mean, he was like twenty years old. I mean, he was. Yeah. You know, he was well read. He was well versed. Um, very articulate. Very articulate. I hate saying that we are articulate because that just burns me up. When no, nah, but like he gets on. Stage but he was. He him, was you know? fire. He was fire. And so my friend, our friend Andrew, had no w- awareness of Fred Hampton. And then when he found out about Fred Hampton, he just was like, "Why aren't there books about?" Like he yeah. was genuinely outraged. Like why aren't there more about him? Um, and so the Fred Hampton uh, project here is born out of his. His love and commitment to seeing this man be uh raised to his rightful place. Um, so so Nizai, you you've got the a book club coming to talk yeah. about to get us ready for all of this. Yeah. How 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 do we attack this book? How do we I don't like to use warring words. How do we come to this book? How do we come at this book? How do we delve into this book as a book club? Um, well, we're gonna start um just
2: by, you know, we're gonna do the pickup on February 4th at Possible Futures. And I will be giving a Fred Hampton 101, just uh, for information for new readers and people who don't know much about Fred or the Black Panther Party. And we're gonna talk about the book, talk about um, the the Panthers and their legacy. And um, hopefully new and younger people will gravitate towards that and it'll be educational. And um, during that reading process, we're going to be doing um, uh, book check-ins. And uh, on the 25th, we'll meet up and discuss the book over um, at the Gather on State Street. And essentially, just talk about the legacy the Panthers um, have, have left us and the work that they put in and basically how we can pick up where they left off and, you know, have a good time and enjoy each other's company. And, you know.
0: So when you, when you, when I, I was thinking about this earlier, when we, when we, when we are here talking about the Panthers, like this is black history. This is like, mm-hmm. this is like in your face, black history, but so many other States are not allowing for this kind of discussion, conversation or awareness raising. And uh, I don't want to say we're lucky in Connecticut because Connecticut has its own ills. Right. Yeah. But when I think about a state like Florida, who is going out of its way to legislate Black history out and Black people out of its own history in that state, um, I mean, what what do you think about that? And 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 what do we say to Floridians? <laughs>
2: that that's very unfortunate. Um, but at the same time, I realize that it's up to the people to educate themselves, which the Panthers were very uh, much advocating for um self-sufficiency and we just got to educate our our people our own if if need be yep so you're saying even if i important for this book club i i feel i like that
1: i just want to say i totally agree with that i mean i i was a teacher i think i love teachers good teachers teachers who are working Mm -hmm. hard with their craft um i also think schools are just not um they're not the only places where. And sometimes they're not the primary places where like transformative learning happens because they're messed up institutions that were created from jump really to strip people of their culture more than they were to like honor their cultural wealth. And so it makes sense to me in a lot of ways that like some of the deepest learning experiences young folks might have would have would happen and, and kind of young folks of all ages, right? Like would happen in a lot of uh, Uh, right outside of schools and in like intergenerational dialogue, um, in places that can kind of be like a, like a third space, not, not school, um, not home, uh, but like, you know, gathering, uh, gathering space. That's why it's really nice to also bring the conversation to gather on state street because it's just moving, moving it around, um, the city and i will say like about florida just shout out to rod ferguson i don't know if anyone here knows rod but rod is uh lives in our area is a black queer scholar at yale and was named in florida state department documents as one of the you know dangerous forces that was <laughs> being introduced um to the curriculum so needless to say we already knew we all knew those of us who know rod know that rod is like I always say like dangerously brilliant. Now, apparently all of Florida knows that if allowed to like, if allowed to hear from like radical thinkers, uh, young folks, young folks are not to be trifled with, you know, they, they young folks want to get free, not all young folks, but enough young folks as part of the reason why, why people go to schools first to cut back on opportunities for like actually, um, accurate learning about the history of activism and resistance because young folks that's like candy to them. You know, mm. they do they want something different. And Ron DeSantis is terrified of that.
0: Oh uh Ife wants to remind us that the full name yeah. is the Black Panther Party for Self Defense,
1: created mm-hmm. to
0: educate mm-hmm. us on ourselves and defend our community, mm-hmm. which is which is very powerful. Yeah. So uh, what I what I find interesting in this conversation, um, uh, uh, with the backdrop of, uh, of Florida and Texas and all these other states that are sort of anti-black everything, uh, that that the way that librarians have become subversive <laughs> and the resistance, that you know, with this whole banned book thing, you know, books are being banned and librarians are putting are centering these books uh, front and center. So that people can still have access uh, mm-hmm. to to this information. So talk about educating your own communities. Librarians are really playing a critical role these days, uh, as well as independent booksellers. I think too, because they have the power to sort of uh, put books out into the community that raise awareness around these kinds of things. So talk a little bit about what community can do to further. Um, uh, develop these dialogues and conversations around our uh history of black and brown people and indigenous people and people who historically have not been part of the the telling of history. Any one of y'all can jump in <laughs> <laughs> um, well,
2: for me, i didn't learn about the Black Panther Party um in school. I happened to stumble across um the Black Panther Party reconsidered um, at the library, downtown Haven. Um, And from there, my mission for knowledge um, just became a journey. And I think it's important, like when you're on that journey to, you know, uh, embrace community and the people around you and make them a part of that journey process. So-
0: So how were, how old were you, Naze? When you made that revelation when you made that discovery and what happened like what was that experience when you saw that book or you came across it what did what were you like because i imagine that like the whole world just opened up
2: <laughs> i think i may have been about 13 or 14 and i was just completely shocked that none of this stuff was in the curriculum i didn't know these names i didn't know these faces. i wasn't familiar with the Black Panthers being a political party, um, then providing free breakfast programs, healthcare clinics. Um, and it was sort of like, I became outraged. You know, this was my history, um, our history, and it wasn't, you know, being told. And from there, um, I knew that I had to, be a part of telling that history and getting other people to learn about that. Um, so that's kind of why I wanted to start the Radical Thinking Book Club, just to um, bring people together collectively to have these difficult conversations and to educate them um, on all sorts of matters involving our society and um, the things that keep us marginalized and hinder the community and ways to you know break free from those shackles and you know come up with ideas to better the community and you know just collective work period because that's when we get the most work done collectively. Mm
1: -hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Lauren? I mean I just I I lo- I love I love working with Isaiah and Ife and Andrew and Nzima and I do think like yeah. to your question about like what can community do I just think it's like building relationships and also giving people multiple entry points so one of the things um that I really like appreciate is we you know sort of the the Fred Hampton project and this event like it's actually like a bunch of different groups mm-hmm. kind of working together and We got to the whole of it by each bringing sort of different parts, and I think that's part of the way. You know, you both build community, but you also build opportunities for learning, and and even something like Nize and I geeked out a little bit together on this
0: board. board?
1: On this, this
0: I love it! It's it's great. I took a picture of it on the
2: board, right? (laughs) Know,
0: the
1: know. Board. <laughs> but part of what I, part of what I do like love about it is I think people need, people need to be invited in low, like low stakes ways to like join and be part of a conversation and, and demonstrate that they want to learn. And it's just like a basic, mm-hmm. <laughs> just post-its. It's like, what do you think you know about Fred Hampton? And like, what do you actually want to know? What questions do you have? And I think when you like create space for that, even something like the comments, right? So Ife jumping in and saying what people don't always say is that the full name is the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense. Like that's actually a really important point that we yeah. only get, that we only get if Ife is in the conversation and we have space for her to make that point and space for people to hear that point. And when we think about what's happening in the news right now, like the public mourning around like the incredible acts of violence by the police. Um you know, there's a real reason why um, the Black Panther Party was the Black Panther Party for self-defense and why there are parts of the book that are about like the taking up of arms. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times teachers are afraid to kind of go there with young people, but young people are being cheated. And I think what Nizeh is saying is that sort of all of us at some point have gotten to a place where we're like, wow, these institutions that I'm told I'm supposed to trust have actually cheated me out of consciousness raising experiences and information. And that is purposeful, There's a reason for it. And so trying to build spaces where, you know, that institutional agenda just like isn't operating is really important. And hopefully people who participate in those spaces go back into the institutions. Like we're not gonna get rid of schools anytime. And I don't want to, I, I think schools are really important. But schools might be improved upon by public education efforts that don't happen inside of schools, but that press schools to do better.
0: Mm. I like that idea. So, so what do you what do you want people to take away from tonight, from the book club, from the Fred Hampton um, uh, project? What do what do you want people to come come with and take away with?
1: A good question, Naisa. You want to? Um, you know,
0: I'm a professional question asker. I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good one,
2: Dad. <laughs> we're, getting, we're, getting um, we're getting worked. <laughs> well, for me, I would just like to see um, people leave with a little piece of Fred in them. You know, everything everyone has that inside of them, um, consciously uh, and subconsciously. So, I think, you know, everything that he he stood for, everything that he was trying to accomplish um, are still very much important and needed today. And uh, I think a lot of people recognize that. So I don't know, I just I, I, I'd like for people to give him not, not only his dues, but just to see the work that he was doing and, you know, see what we can collectively uh, do together to, you know, create substantial, substantial change and Yeah. I like that. Just educating each other, you know, learn from one another. All right. Yeah. I
1: mean, I think, I think the same and also to kind of just, um, I guess it's a little bit like what I was saying before about like to feel invited in a way into conversation and, and also that like, you know, that, that there's like an ongoing space and it's not like necessarily a physical space, like it could be the bookstore, but it could also be like wherever the radical thinking book club (laughs) moves to. And it could also just be like, I don't know, sitting out on a bench in conversation Mm -hmm. that there, that there are opportunities. I mean, it's one of the, that there are opportunities to learn together and that you can both like join one and you can also propose one and help to build one around something that is important to you. I hope people will also get the sense that like tonight's event is a really wonderful opportunity to meet this author who I should also say like this is just a small slice of her other amazing books. Um and she has a new one that just came out like a few days ago, actually on um last Tuesday. So but to just yeah, to just know that there's um, you know, that that books can be a physical thing that that allow for a conversation to happen and um and helping just like build community around books and in relationship to books is sort of like books are books are a vehicle for 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 really good things to happen. Um and so let's gather.
0: I like that. Now I I, I believe there is a I think there's a a thing called the Fred Hampton bookshelf bookcase what is that it's a uh, all the books he's ever read I think it's the Fred Hampton apartment or Fred Hampton oh, I never <laughs> knew that. yes Andrew told me about this and Andrew? I wish he could I and wish he was, was on all, Andrew's all, let me tell you something he is all in let me tell you um, oh, no! but no. he had he had mentioned to me that he wanted it was like 200 dollars or something or some out you know not outrageous but it was a sum of money and you could get all the books that Fred Hampton ever read. Like it's this whole. For 200 weird, bucks? I think it's like 200 or maybe a That's little bit good. more. But it's a whole, it's a whole thing. I, and yeah. I, I think it's called Fred Hampton's bookcase or Fred Hampton's bookcase in his apartment or something.
1: So- oh, you know what, Babs? I wonder about that because I don't know. We were talking about that Carrie James, amazing Carrie James Marshall Um painting that's almost like entirely black and it's actually you have to like look at it at, at kind of angles to see that it's um Fred Hampton's bedroom and I, I do wonder it makes me think maybe it was maybe it's like the shelf of books because that would make sense perhaps more than all the books he's read in his life for $200 because that sounds like a good deal something tells me Fred Hampton <laughs> read a lot of books <laughs> he
0: did he read a lot of books but I, I can't remember I can't remember what it was but I, Andrew- yeah we have to get him to to like tell it absolutely but it was something to that effect that you could have the the reading you could have all the books that Fred Hampton read that was in his apartment or whatever or something to that effect and I'm so sorry I can't pull it up the 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 email that he sent me talking about this and I was like and I was trying to get him to buy I was like just buy like
1: (laughs) I was gonna say Babs it's perfect because now we get to say y'all gotta come to the book club that's it. Right. That's it. Got it. If you if you want the the final word on this bookshelf and many other things, you
0: got come. You got to come. The to title listing. You got to come to the book club. <laughs> got it. Yes. And then, well, then you'll get. Then you'll get it. <laughs> so did did either of you, Naisa? You may have seen the film, the uh, the the Fred Hampton film. Did you see? I have not seen it. I know how. Um, I know what it is, but I haven't seen yeah. it. I've been on the fence about it because you know I'm trying to it was a really good film my only
2: um problem with it was that it focuses too much on william o'neill rather than fred um and the betrayal rather than uh you know shedding a light on fred himself his life and the work he was doing it's just you know but it was a really good film
0: oh andrew sent a text the books in fred hampton's it's a short short story Church story is that what it is, oh. Andrew? Church story. I thought it was a collection of books, or they give you the list of books or whatever, which would be really cool if you had yeah. that primer, right? Like if you if you could uh, read all the books that he read. But he was a prolific. Re- I mean, he, he really yeah. was a reader, and he really was about the world too. Like I think there was a shift in him about just being in just being a neighborhood, and then the shift to the a global thinking about black people everywhere right like mm-hmm. all black people were oppressed somewhere in the world
2: and even then it became not just about black people but a whole class struggle mm-hmm. you
0: know
1: yeah the rainbow yes.
2: coalition the yeah. rainbow coalition yeah yes yes the been, rainbow you know, which, which is still in effect
1: terrifying yeah and also and also like that's that's also another one of these like very scary things to people it's like you got a rainbow coalition you have a certain kind of numbers you know, mm-hmm. that, that's the kind of, <laughs> Ron DeSantis will be running, running somewhere. <laughs> that's fine. He he can go. The Rainbow Coalition is coming for you, Ron. <laughs> and, you know, the,
0: the Rainbow, the Rainbow Coalition is still in effect. Push in yeah. Chicago. They're still doing stuff. I, I still run the Lord Lord Jesse Jackson's yeah I still run their their op ed pieces when they post stuff. I still run it in the inner city newspaper uh, i mean the black press i was i will say this um that we've 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 never left the panthers like we've we've been consistently across this country talking about the black panthers as if they were very much present um um and revolutionary we the black the black press across this country has has been carrying that torch um since the since the beginning and, ha- and has not put it down. So uh, but I, I love this new this new recommitment to that story. So how do you how do we teach how do we talk about the Panthers in today's world? How do we talk about it, you know, when we are seeing so much gun violence, when we are seeing so much still continued police brutality, when uh black women are still um, not protected in this country. Uh, I mean, how do we how do we contextualize the Panther the the Black Panther experience and the Black Panther movement? How do we do that? And you know, Lauren, as an educator, I I, I would imagine you'd have some thoughts on this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do. I also think um, I think I like I hope people will come to the talk tonight because I do think um, when I was saying before about entry points. I really appreciate that we're like, we're actually reading a book that is technically a YA book, right? It's for young yeah. adults. It's a it non- does
0: not feel that way to
1: me, but- No, okay. I feel like
2: it's very easy to read. You know, everything it, is just, you know- It's, it's really not,
1: readable. It's yeah. also got, um, it's got document content. It has image content. It's beautiful. It has these like interactive component pieces. And I do think the book itself, Puts the Panthers like in a longer history of Mm -hmm. struggle for self determination, right? And then it also kind of scopes out to the more contemporary present to make the point that what the Panthers were really like fighting for and were largely like and most impacted by infiltration, right? And active. (laughs) active like work on the part of the FBI to undo them. Um, uh, Unsuccessful ultimately, but also um, in many ways, uh, toxic right to the party itself Mm -hmm. is that all of, all of that organizing, all of those issues, that 10 point plan, like it's as, it's still as relevant today as it ever was. Um, And so like in terms of how do we teach about it i think one of the things we have to do is like we have to make sure people know more it's very hard you don't need to ever as a teacher i would say to teachers it's impossible like you don't need to know everything you need to do your best to know as much as you can but you also need to position yourself as a learner alongside students who know a great deal of a tremendous value that you don't know <laughs> and so, like <laughs> um and to allow yourself to be um to be schooled and educated by by folks who are both your elders and who are younger than you. Um, And so I think that's part of it. I also think that it's, you know, there's a wonderful woman in Connecticut. Her name is Shime Morales-Jones. She runs a black and brown homeschooling co-op called My Reflection Matters. She co-authored a book for young children called the ABCs of the Black Panther Party. And I think that like the idea that we, start teaching about, um, history deeply in high school is really problematic. We actually need to start teaching very young children. And it's one of the things I love about the bookstore, right? Um, is that kids come in here and they see in the visual culture of the place, like histories that don't necessarily get touched by classroom practice. And I do think you know some of the how of it is really inviting young children into conversation about um about history and about historical figures like why don't young children get to learn about who fred hampton was um and i i think that um some of the things we just didn't mention and i'll give a quick shout out to are like N- Zima hutchins of hartford um hartford's lit is going to be doing some poetry workshops for us that are really an offering to young people to engage in creative expression about what they learn from things like um, their engage with engagement with revolution in our time and the content of something like Nise's, uh Fred Hampton 101, which we hope won't just be the only thing that happens, but will spin off into other conversations and experiences around whether it's like speeches he gave or um, you know just getting getting young folks engaged more. With um, actual historical content and allowing them the space and the resources to respond expressively and artistically to that. And so, just an example is like one of the easiest ways for young folks to feel like they can write poetry sometimes is to do blackout poems, where essentially you give them documents and they create poetry, not by generating the words themselves, but by blacking out words to create poems from like. Inside of a text, and so you could imagine having kids read a Fred Hampton speech, and then inviting them to black out parts of it to create out of that speech a poem that somehow communicates their response to that. And I think those those sorts of opportunities that just allow people of like different um, ages, backgrounds, knowledge levels to participate are really are really important. Um, and that we ultimately all learn from those experiences. Uh, we learn different things, but the things that we learn contribute to the to the collective conversation.
0: I like that. So, Nize, I mean, uh, you you and your presence and the way that you think make me very hopeful for the future. You know, because mm-hmm. I'm on the I'm on the, I'm on the other side of this of this revolutionary life, and mm-hmm. uh, and I like knowing that it'd be young sisters like you out there. Uh, taking 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 this message and this information and raising this awareness what what does this mean to you though as a as a young sister um
2: well every time I do see young people come to the book club or or buying um books it's just like a, a beacon of light and a beacon of hope um to see that there are still interests in books and uh, critical thinking, and um, it just it shows that the work is, is far from finished, and I think a lot of people recognize that and are willing to put in the work to implement change or at least fight to see changes made. So it, it gives me a lot of hope, um, and I'm just hopeful that, you know, more people will come, reach out um, for the Fred Hampton Project, and, you know, it brings sparks interest and collaboration. And hopefully, you know, we'll just keep the ball rolling.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you. All right, Lauren, you get the last word. Talk to me about libraries and why they're important. Because I'm I love libraries, so. I'm just saying my
1: essential workers here. This, this is how a small business survives. <laughs> <laughs> Right, our beloved UPS folks, getting us our boxes early in the day. We, I you know. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I feel like it's a good segue, Babs, to, to library folks, too. I mean, You asked earlier about, about library. Um, I think libraries are super crucial and they kind of always have been. We tend to think, I think the cultural image of a librarian And I hope nobody is going to come for me on saying this. I think I'm speaking some truth. is like an older, nice white lady with glasses (laughs) and a cardigan. And nothing could be further from the truth. You know, librarians really are the keepers of knowledge and also democracy. Like when the Patriot Act was like put on the table and people were actually talking after 9-11 about surveilling the stuff that folks actually read in life. Yeah, It was librarians who just would not stand for it. And I do feel like even now they're doing so much with so few resources. Um, Our amazing New Haven Free Public Library System has a tremendous five branch Black History Month set of programs. So we know that the Stetson branch is always anchoring like the work of Black history resource um, distribution and kind of knowledge gathering and also just like a celebration of culture, but it's also that like librarians across the system are working hard to create opportunities for people to access resources to get good programming all of the books that you know are here in the bookstore you can request from the library. Um, the library is still a place you can and should go. And when push comes to shove and like budget season is upon us, (laughs) nothing in so many ways, like funding our schools and funding our libraries matters as much as anything else. They are, um, none of them are perfect institutions, but they're critical. And really like, if you looked at the library salaries, you'd be horrified given the range of things that um, librarians are offering to community in New Haven. And so I just want to thank librarians for doing this often under celebrated and certainly undercompensated work to make sure that, you know, resources are available to our young folks and families and residents in the city. And I want to say not just in the city, because when pride happened on the green in New Haven, there were people who came down to the green and said, I've come here from X part of the state to go to the New Haven Free Public Library because it has queer books on the shelf that I cannot get in my own, um, in my own small town or in the city where I live because of the politics of that space. And so we just need to, we need to stand behind our libraries as book sanctuaries that, you know, make, make sure that books that are getting targeted and banned elsewhere in the country are not subject to that here.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. So if y'all have presence of mind, those who are listening and those who will listen later, um, there is a virtual discussion tonight at six o'clock from six to seven and uh, revolution in our time. Um, uh, Harry probably will. Uh, Harry, can you post up the 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 <laughs> The sign again, revolution in our time, teaching and learning about the Black Panther Party. It begins there. And then I hope you will come to the to the to the book club, Radical Thinking Book Club. And I hope that you will gather with us around the Fred Hampton uh project. Uh I, I'm very proud of this work and I'm so glad to be a part of it. So thank you all for coming on this morning and uh and being my guest and talking about such a and I hope that we as we move forward through this through the next months and weeks weeks and months that um, y'all come back on again as we move through each part of this this uh this this movement that we're building around the elevation of the Panthers and Fred Hampton and all of that. So so thank y'all for your time this morning. Thanks for thank <laughs> oh, <laughs> <are, I'm> <laughs> Yeah it looks it looks great. This <laughs> is great it looks great. So so thank you. Thank you Harry for uh another great day. Thank you Paul Bass. And I'll be back tomorrow with another guest.